0: and welcome to another episode of the rolling rock podcast i'm your host rocky mcveigh and i'm here with my co-host roland robinson hey everybody and uh, our other co-host renee canis
1: hey everybody
0: and on this week uh the topic is our top five movies of all time and this is personal top fives and none of our lists are the same so (laughs) We're gonna go a little different this week than we normally do. We're going to start with number five, but we're gonna do each of our lists individually. So uh, without further ado, I guess someone's jump in and do mine first, and the first movie on my list is rain of Fire <laughs> Now uh all I got to say is uh the one of the reasons this became one of my favorite movies i mean it's a good movie in it's own right, but I think the main reason it became my favorite movie is that the people that come to fight the dragons in this movie are from Kentucky. (laughs) I don't know if anybody even remembers this, but they are the Kentucky national guard and they have fought (laughs) dragons all over the United States. They're the only ones that could wipe out the dragons and then they go to fucking europe to finish them off (laughs) i'm like and as soon as i watched the first time i watched that movie i was like that makes sense (laughs) where else (laughs) a bunch of good old boys from kentucky
2: fucking like let's go hunting (laughs) um as as i mentioned in my pre-gaming i i only seen this movie one time honestly i think the I I did enjoy the movie the one time I saw it, but I think the biggest missed opportunity in that movie was actually showing how the dragons kind of took over because you see the beginning with the dragons awakening and then it just flashes forward with them having conquered the world or whatever. Yeah. I wish I wish they could have shown a little bit more of that.
0: I agree with that too. It just goes from like, it goes from no dragons to the end of the world like instantly
2: (laughs) and the other thing i remember that movie is i think christian bale matthew mcconaughey recreating star wars for like the little kids
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah they put on the play (laughs) yeah but uh it wasn't christian bale it was uh, uh uh what's his name gerard butler
1: oh okay he what? was i thought it was christian bell
0: no i mean it wasn't christian it wasn't matthew mcconaughey i mean it was gerard christian bale butler. it was gerard butler and christian bale uh okay. matthew mcconaughey is the
1: uh guy's crazy dude
0: yeah he's the crazy dude from the kentucky national guard <laughs> that uh so he wasn't part of that because that was uh that was the two guys that was with the leading the group that was already in europe living in the castle basically
1: which he has the most epic of all the deaths in in that movie
0: Matthew McConaughey you mean yes yeah his death is like something that big fucking battle axe
1: <laughs> has a big battle axe and the way he dies is the is the way I see most uh dwarfs dying in D&D games
0: <laughs> and that movie was like uh you know the first time i watched it i've i had only seen like matthew mcconaughey and like stuff like you know like the rom-coms that was all he was ever in and then all of a sudden he shows up in this movie as this ball-headed dude with tattoos all over and jacked i mean he was jacked in that movie
1: (laughs) dazed and confused he was in that
2: yeah, he was in Days and Confused that, that when he was young. That was a young. big
1: role when, right before that came out, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
2: I think, I think everyone remembers him with talking about the high school girls and how they stay the same age <laughs> and asking everyone for a pot and it'd be a lot cooler you did.
1: <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs>
2: he's a, He's actually a big wrestling fan, too. Um, I was watching the, I was watching the Undertaker documentary and he actually was in it. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Yeah. And, uh, what's it called?
0: Uh, the last ride?
2: Yeah. Cause they're both, uh, they're also both big Texas fans. So he, yeah, he's, he's part of the documentary and stuff like that.
0: Well, I guess, uh, we'll move on here to the next one. My number four is The Big Brawl, or some people may know it by its other name, Battle Creek Brawl, uh, which it's a Jackie Chan movie from 1980. Most people had never heard of Jackie Chan in 1980, (laughs) but he was already a superstar in Hong Kong. uh, And this was his first movie they tried to break into America and uh it didn't go well <laughs> like it did not break him into america however it is a great movie it is uh pinnacle jackie chan like uh they mix together uh the old school jackie chan movies like all the comedic top stuff that jackie chan does along with uh, making it more american so like where like everything is like uh you know like everything in like the old jackie chan movies is like straight up like martial arts uh, but he'll add the comedy into it and this one you get you get him going against like huge like huge dudes (laughs) that don't know how to don't know martial arts at all uh but are huge i mean like five times his size and then so you get like the moments where he just like bounces into them and then their guts are so big it bounces them off (laughs) <laughs> but there's a lot there's a lot of like subplots in this this movie too but it's it is such a good movie and I, I i don't even remember when the first time i was i watched it It had to be like i was probably like ten years old um and uh at this time, I had never seen uh this type of uh this type of movie I'd never seen like a comedic martial arts movie until I watched this movie, and it made me fall in love with Jackie Chan and when he started coming over and doing more movies, like you had Rumble in the Bronx in the mid-90s, and then you had, uh then you start getting like the rush hours and stuff later on. But I was, I was I've watched every Jackie Chan movie, and I still, I watch all the old Hong Kong ones. I, I still think that, uh even though I love the big brawl, I do think that uh the best Jackie Chan movies are the Drunken Master movies. And I almost put those in the list, but... I actually, the big brawl like holds such a special place in my heart and I've watched it so many times. <laughs> I have to put it ahead of the drunken master movies, even though I think they're better movies.
2: I've I've actually never heard of this one. Um, to me, I always thought the American introduction of Jackie was the rumble in the Bronx. But um, yeah, they were, we're he was in m-
0: m- movies way before that.
2: Yeah. Um, but so in and and is it you said big battle is that the name of it
0: the big brawl
2: the big or bat, brawl
0: or battle creek brawl just depends on okay. what version you have. uh
2: does does he do like his you said he does like some comedy bits and then does he yeah. also use does he also use his environment basically around him to yeah. use his weapons uh, yeah okay. so so
0: like the whole premise of the movie is like uh he's his family is like in trouble basically with the mafia because it's set like in the 1930s in chicago so the mafia is like after his family's restaurant so he's trying to make money by fighting in this tournament uh but there's a lot of subplots like they all like they find out he's such a good fighter and they don't want him to win so they like so kidnap people so then he has to go like into like these big mansions and sneak around and beat people up and try to freak <laughs> get his kidnap people out and then there's a lot of like uh your training there's a lot of training segments in it which in my opinion and maybe this is because i've watched a lot of anime and uh but training segments are always the best of anything <laughs> like you could do away with most plots and just have a good training segments and you have like the best part of the movies. <laughs>
2: Well, training montages were big in the 80s. <laughs> um, no, I, I've always enjoyed Jackie Chan, but like I said, uh, the first time I honestly really ever heard of him was Rumble in the Bronx. I was like 10 years old. Um, but I've I've always enjoyed him. He's got very great uh, comedic timing. Um, I know he likes to copy a lot of like the old school 1930s Hollywood stuff, like Buster Keaton and things like that like he, he likes to recreate a lot of those stunts so it's 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 definitely someone i've always enjoyed um well this coming out in 1980 is this after bruce lee passed away do, do you know is that kind of why they were maybe trying to introduce them to america uh,
0: yeah i think it was because actually this movie uh was filmed uh, in production it was a home it was a hong kong uh produced film but they also produced it with uh i believe universal pictures but the people that actually made the movie were the same people that made air of the dragon so it was like that whole crew came over to make the big brawl with jackie which i mean you know jackie chan was in uh air of the dragon as well
2: yeah he's one of the stunt guys that gets killed by bruce lee yeah
0: so when they decided to bring him over, they, the whole crew came on to do this movie and make try to make – I guess they were they were trying to recreate Bruce Lee, basically trying to make a whole new, like, uh, somebody to take his place. But it didn't work until, like, the 90s when we got Rumble in the Bro- – basically Rumble in the Bronx was the one that broke him into America. It just – this you, one was the one that tried to.
2: You made a face roll, and I guess you weren't – you didn't know that Jackie was in Enter the Dragon.
1: I was not, and I'm not surprised by that. I I, I was, of course I was surprised because I didn't know, but everybody, everybody is in that film. (laughs) Everybody is in Bruce Lee films.
0: Jackie Chan has like the best story about Bruce Lee from of the dragon. He talks about, uh, when they were, uh, when they were doing their segments and they were fighting and he says that, uh, Bruce was, uh, hits him a little bit too hard with the sticks and uh hits him right in the head with it <laughs> and jackie like goes down and like grabs his head and uh he's like i wasn't really that hurt but bruce ran over and like held me and hugged me and was like saying he's sorry and he goes so i pretended like i was really hurt that way he would not let go <laughs> <laughs> he's like but he's like i wasn't really that hurt i just like oh, well, well i'm not gonna stop this <laughs> yeah
2: i never heard that story before uh well,
0: let's move along to my next one it's another one that's uh i guess you could say uh uh almost like a chinese like uh, american duo going on but it's big trouble in little china <laughs> now this movie i mean it, you just it's just so quotable from beginning to end like who doesn't i, I have went around my entire life and ever just say remember what good old jack burton always says <laughs> And i don't know if you're not a real american if you haven't said that at least once to somebody
2: <laughs> from the goddamn constitution
0: <laughs> exactly and i uh i mean this is of course a john carpenter film and john carpenter has a lot of good films uh but i put this one up here as my favorite of all the john carpenter films. i even put it above the thing uh and of course that's a kurt russell movie as well but uh it's just a such a good movie and it's so freaking all over the place like when you watch this movie you have i mean you watch it now everybody's seen it so you know what's going to happen but just think about the first time you watch this movie and about all the shit that happens and you're like there's no way you would expect any of it it's like oh we're going down into a sewer and it turns into a fucking huge chinese temple <laughs> like in the sewers <laughs> and then like a fucking guy explodes <laughs> Because he got too mad, like this. Is a, it's pretty much an insane movie. The stuff that came up in this movie. It's
1: it's a, a movie man's I watched. <laughs> oh, a bad motherfucker.
2: <laughs> it's it's a movie I watched a lot as a kid, but it's probably been at least ten years since I watched it.
0: Oh, you need to you need to watch it again. <laughs> it it they, uh, never uh, gets bad.
1: Didn't they bring out the Eddie Mur Eddie Murphy's uh, Golden Child about the same time?
0: They did. It was uh, th- the the Golden Child was coming out, and uh, they knew it was going to come out. And because of that, they had already like started filming this movie. But this movie wasn't actually supposed to come out for quite a while after the Golden Child. But they knew Golden Child was coming out. And the studio was, like, pushing Carpenter hard. So they had to film this movie, like, super quick and get everything done so they could get out about the same time as The Golden Child because they did not, they thought if The Golden Child came out uh, that it would destroy the movie. <laughs> like, they'd be like, oh, we've already saw that movie. That <laughs> was The Golden Child with Eddie Murphy. But, uh, I mean, looking back, who the hell remembers The Golden Child? <laughs> lots of people will say they still love big trouble and little china but you're not gonna find that many lovers of the golden child <laughs> uh,
2: i mean a lot of people like the 1980s eddie murphy stuff so
0: yeah the it's not like the 19 that movie is completely different like it's not it's definitely not a coming to america
2: <laughs> no i mean that's that's eddie murphy's best movie <laughs> I don't care what anybody says coming to America is his best movie.
0: But, uh, I'll go on to my next one. So my number two is a Knight's Tale. Now I, I, uh, the first time I watched this movie, I have to say I was, I, it was just like in passing. I didn't watch it till it was like on TV. And I sat down and watched it one day when it's on TV and I was like, this movie is fucking great. <laughs> and it all came from the part, uh, with Wart. Uh, many people will know him as, uh, now I've forgotten his name from the show, but from Firefly. What was his name in Firefly?
2: Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Well, the, actor's, the actor's name is Alan Turek, but
0: That's his real name. Yeah. What's it, What was his name in Firefly? Anybody remember that? Was it Wash? Uh, yeah, that's his name. Wash and Firefly. But the part where he tells uh, Chaucer that uh, if he screws them, there'll be pain, lots of pain. <laughs> and he does that little like <laughs> that part made me love the movie. And that was pretty early in the movie. And then it just gets better from there. <laughs> and uh i i have i it's it's number two on my list so i guess i should tell this to everybody so the way i i had like a shit huge list when i was like coming up on my movies (laughs) because i have a lot of favorite movies but when i decided to sit down and come up with my list the way i chose to narrow my list down to my top five was by the number of times i had watched the movie so and this doesn't count i wasn't counting like just passing by watching it on tv i meant like i literally go and i take out a dvd or now my plex server and i just sit down just to watch this movie and a Night's tale is number two on that list i have worn out dvds <laughs> from a Night's tale after i've watched <laughs> discovered it and of course it's got the The Now the late, great Heath Ledger in it as the main star. Uh,
2: It also has a pretty great uh, soundtrack as well. Yes, it does. Um, And like you said, it has Heath Ledger in it. And his whole crew, actually, they all, a lot of them, you know, they're all working still. Uh, The one guy, he's on Game of Thrones, or was on Game of Thrones, and uh, Adeline Tudyk has become... I wouldn't say he's a big name in Hollywood, but he does a lot of voice acting and uh, it's like motion he's character. in every
0: Disney movie that comes out basically.
2: Like yeah, he's he, always like, got a part. <laughs> like like he was he was uh he was the robot in iRobot and he was the uh he was K two S O in Rogue One. Um
0: He was the and chicken and uh moana moana
2: yeah <laughs> that's that's
0: my favorite casting of him it was like the chicken
2: um <laughs> uh, and then uh the other guy i'm blanking on his name right now but he's the vision in uh the mcu yeah yeah um, got
0: played chaucer jeffrey chaucer
2: yeah and um the love interest she i don't really see her in anything anymore but um yeah that that whole cast was really good and yeah uh Heath Ledger he would have went on to really he he was already an A-lister but he yeah he would have went on and did so much more amazing stuff
0: yeah if he wouldn't have passed away he would end up you know we'd be looking at him like we look at people like Brad Pitt as he got older I think he just Mm uh he just was cut down early by drugs which yeah. is sad a lot of the big act the younger actors had that yeah. happen to him
2: i mean he he definitely would have probably been in in that like you said brad pitt i was kind of thinking a little bit more like leonardo dicaprio too It's like, like someone that's been like yeah. has like seven eight oscar nominations <laughs> um but yeah he he's definitely missed
0: well let's go on to my number one and this is this is this was of my entire list this was the only one that i did not even have to think about i knew it was number one like as soon as we even mentioned this like there's no other movie and that is blood (laughs) sports and rolling as the shirt on right now (laughs) and all i can say what i can say about this be summed up in Kumite, Kumite, Kumite,
2: Kumite. Yes, the awesome song, <laughs> and you, men- you mentioned uh, training montages earlier.
0: Oh my God, it's got a great That's training montage.
1: Oh, <laughs> that movie is about ninety percent montages.
0: Exactly, it's the it's the best part of the movie. It's <laughs> the training section.
1: Well, how the uh, Kumite montage alone, where they're just fight after fight after fight after fight i'm like that and film to me is the best montage of fights ever
0: and And you have such a you have such a great cast in it too. i mean donald gill forrest whitaker's in this movie (laughs) like Um, that's the one that i was like he's the one that of course seems like why are you in this movie you're not (laughs) You're fucking Forrest Whitaker, but at the time he wasn't. That was before he became fucking Forrest Whitaker.
2: (laughs) Uh, I also love that all the fighters have a very distinct look and fight style as well. Because you got like the sumo wrestler, you got the one guy who's like jumping around like uh, he's like a, like uses different animal styles yeah little guy who's like bouncing around doing chops and (laughs) and
0: one of my favorite scenes with him is uh his training because they have a training montage for all the other characters too it's not just john claude van damme's character everybody gets a training montage so when they show the training montage for everybody else the guy that does all the chops that bounces around like a monkey he like jumps out of a tree and rolls and chops a coconut and it chops in, and it falls and it just breaks it perfectly in half <laughs> i i remember watching that as a kid and i was like that is badass and now i watch it and i'm like that is the best piece of editing I've ever seen. the way i mean it's like <laughs> it's like a perfect cut
2: <laughs> uh and uh, what what's the name of the guy that plays the villain in it? Bolo Bolo yeah, Young. Yeah, Man, that
1: that motherfucker terrified the shit out of me <laughs> when I was a kid. I was scared of him.
0: The biggest boobs in the industry, right there. <laughs> Those <laughs> things are massive. Like, and it's like his whole body is boobs. It looks like
2: <laughs> <laughs> what uh you know, you mentioned uh, um, Daniel. What was his name? Gib. Donald Gibb. Yeah. Donald Gibb. Most people like know him as. U-
3: uh, U- uh, U- Not U-
2: of, U- 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 of Nerds.
0: They're both original nerds. Is, what was ogre. Called, what was ogre. Yeah. Most people know him as Ogre. What
2: What was his fighting style supposed to be? Uh, like everyone else is like
1: backyard brawler.
2: Trained yeah, and- he was just uh. He's he's there he's there wearing his uh, motorcycle T-shirt and Harley Jackson, uh, yeah Santa. he was just he, supposed
0: to be a street fighter basically just uh
2: yeah he and he's like double X handling guys yeah
1: he was a I, beer drinking American I I love that scene where he like just throws the okay, one guy off. USA <laughs>
2: Where he just throws that one guy off the stage and just like what? yep, <laughs> his hands or whatever. <laughs> he, 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 sh- he shouldn't have celebrated early though, man. Ends up, ends up uh, getting his ass kicked by Bolo Young.
1: Now, what was the main character's name? David Dukes or something Frank like that? Dukes. Frank, Dukes. Frank Dukes. Turns out, like, in the movie it will tell you based on a true story. Blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't up until recently, I think, that they finally come out and was like, Yeah, that story's all bullshit. He made every bit of that up. <laughs> he didn't do
2: any of yeah, that. Yeah, he he had like five different world records and like Mrs. Yeah.
1: KO and Yeah, this guy's like supposed to be just oh, <laughs> well you know badass. Oh,
2: yeah, only the most riches of rich or you know greatest fighters are invited to the Kumite, so who could actually verify <laughs> these
0: claims yeah he was uh but uh well it, i mean it would be pretty easy to verify considering that uh because the kumite uh w- according to the movie anyways and i as as far as i know the story that looks said this uh, it was backed by the uh uh what's it called i think it's a world martial arts association or something like that but it's it was the same thing the same association that originally backed the ufc when it started so basically he was saying that he was in the original ufc fights uh before it became the ufc and uh but there's no record that the Kimite ever existed. He just made it up. Right. But everyone thought yeah. he was telling the truth. He, he
2: he could have put any stats on there at the end.
0: Yeah.
3: Just
2: for, <laughs> you know, Fester's Knockout. You know, I fucked every playmate from like 1980 to like 1990. I mean, whatever. Whatever fuck you wanted to put on there was on there, you know? And it, what what really
0: gets me about all that is like he made all that shit up. And then he sued uh, John claude Van Damme over the movie uh, because he said that he changed stuff about his life and then, uh, and then didn't pay him enough for it. And it was like, no, you made all that shit up so he, he could have said anything because he was just making shit up too.
1: You didn't make me look badass.
2: But <laughs> but then they end up working together again and did the quest
1: together?
0: Uh, yeah, they did but oh, then no. that one no, fell apart too
1: it was the quest
0: he he semi had something to do with the quest uh that was like another one he like came on board to like help with it but like halfway through the movie they like fell out again uh so he didn't now, he didn't frank, actually end up finishing it
2: The the actual frank he's not i guess he is a martial artist at least yeah not as, not as badass as he claims to be but he still, I think he still works as a stunt coordinator, like fight coordinator for movies, doesn't he?
0: And he did, he did uh, uh, for a while. I don't know if he still does, but he did for a while actually have his own like chain of dojos where he actually taught like his fighting styles.
2: Come on, I, you, you say that, and I just think of uh, Deirdre Bader in uh, <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite just slapping people around. Yeah. You think you think you think Peter Payne over here could take me on and just laughs the hell out of people? Oh, just wearing yeah. the American flag, uh, sweats.
1: I'm almost <laughs> surprised though that the uh, The quest didn't make it onto your list or honorable mention because technically it is Bloodsport, only a prequel.
0: Uh, well, it didn't make it onto my list because it's like an inferior version of Bloodsport.
2: <laughs> I, I will so, say it's definitely inferior.
0: It's it's so, uh.
2: So if it's a prequel, does that mean Jean-Claude Van Damme is playing his own grandfather?
0: <laughs> He's playing. Uh, he plays he plays like a. Uh, homeless newsy, <laughs> who yeah, that can, who's
1: taking care of fucking who's a homeless newsy, who's a martial artist, who yeah. also takes care of other homeless kids. <laughs> like, and then nah, somehow nah. he
0: ends up in China, or it might nah, not. It was, nah, it was nah, Thailand. It nah, was nah, Thailand. Nah, yeah, it was Thailand. Nah, where nah, he ends up.
2: Not to go into another tangent, but can I say that I love the training montages and Kickboxer a little bit more.
0: Uh, I. I I I semi agree with that. Uh I love and, Kickboxer. Kickboxer almost swim my list too. But the train the tra- the specific training montage in that movie uh is better than the training the John Claude's training montage anyways. And uh and,
2: and it's, uh, got Damme. it's got Van Dam it's got Van Dam drunk dancing, man.
0: Drunk dancing, yeah. <laughs>
2: While beating the shit out of people,
1: <laughs> there you go, Roland. You got it. <laughs> I don't have. I just, I just need to be wearing slacks with a wife, black wife beater, and suspenders because that's not eighties as fuck.
0: I'm. I'll, I'll. I mean, Bloodsport's my number one by far. I I've, I've watched it a million times, but I have. Like I'll almost, I can, I don't, I really can't come up with a John Claude Van Damme movie that was made in the nineties or before that I don't love now stuff after 2000, they went way downhill. (laughs) there. There is a few that's pretty good though. I will say I've watched a lot of them too.
1: I'll give you a bit of trivia too. He was actually, um, he was playing or he played or he was supposed to play the predator. Yes. In the original uh in the first predator film but due to the co- uh the costume um i think this was uh they hadn't come to the actual final costume that they were going that they wound up using in the film but due to a the costume and b no one could see his face so he didn't want to be he didn't want anything to do with it um so he didn't do it yeah
0: well, well the, the best piece of you know you, you guys know that uh uh John Claude Van Damme was trained by Chuck Norris, right? I like, did not. Chuck Norris is John Claude's master. <laughs> like he was uh see, John Claude was just a dancer. That's what he was. He was just a dancer. But he was always, you know, like built the way he was built in the movies. And he was uh but he was super flexible. And on I don't know if it was a movie set or where they were at, but uh uh they were together. Chuck Norris and John Claude was. And Chuck Norris actually came up to him and was like, You would be an excellent martial artist if you like tried. And uh he goes, And I think you could be a movie star if you really got into martial arts. And uh John claude was like, Really? And then he went and trained with Chuck Norris to let to be <laughs> and that's how and then of course he got into movies. Chuck Norris got him into movies too. So I always thought that was like uh, a great thing you know basically bruce lee got chuck norris into everything and then chuck norris turned around and got john claude into everything
2: <laughs> well according to the internet uh chuck norris is everyone's master
0: <laughs> okay well that's my list uh renee you want to start with yours
2: uh sure i'll start with uh my number five Since we've been, you didn't mention Bruce Lee. uh, You know, this one involves his son Brandon Lee. Uh, It's one of my all-time favorites, The Crow. Um, It's a movie I I enjoy a lot, based on the comic book. Um, I just love the action in it. I love the story. Uh, Has probably one of the greatest '90s soundtracks as well.
1: Absolutely, has the best soundtrack still, in my opinion, to this very day.
2: Yeah. Um, And Brandon Lee's performance as a character too is just uh, great. It's um, and tragic too, you know, uh, since he did die while filming the movie due to a stunt gun uh, accidentally being loaded and he ended up being shot when they only had like maybe a week or two left in filming. Uh, so there are a few scenes in the movie where he's uh, being played by a stunt double or the very first case of CGI to put impose his face on another actor's face. Um, but yeah, I, I love the action. Great villain in it with a top dollar. Um, I, is it michael when when something uh when i always forget that actor's name uh but he, he's a great villain in it um has a little comedy in it um but yeah it's it's one of my favorite movies it's and it's definitely a movie I always recommend to people to watch
0: it's uh <clears throat> i mean it became like you know after you found out he got uh brandon died while filming the movie it puts like a damper on the movie overall but uh it's still like it was a great movie i i loved the crow i you know i honestly even though he wasn't in the sequel i still actually kind of like uh city, uh city of angels
2: too <laughs> Uh yeah but avoid the third and fourth one <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i loved literally loved the crow um even down to the aesthetic, um, mm-hmm. just the they they embody that grit and dirt that the comic had, and such iconic villains. Ten ten top dollar. Um, free uh, uh, what was his name? Um, Thunderbird or Free Freebird?
2: Uh, Thunderbird, I think he who drives the actual. T bird,
1: yeah. T bird, hey T bird, I'm coming for you, bird. <laughs> that's uh,
2: that's actually that's actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie, is when when uh, the crow gets T bird, and he's taping him up to he's tying him down to his car, and T bird realizes who the crow is, yeah. and just starts freaking the fuck out like.
1: No, man, we killed
2: you. We killed you. There's no coming back. There's no coming back. And he just sends them flying, blowing up in the car into the river. And uh, as the crow's walking away, he just flicks, like, that match or whatever on on the floor, and you just see the big fire and blazing crow logo. It's... But yeah, that that's 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 one that's one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. And uh like I said, Brandon Lee's performance is just amazing. Um Ernie Hudson too is very underrated in the movie.
1: Yeah, he's a really good and that movie has so many great quotes. Uh so many great quotes uh from you know can't rain all the time. Um they're
2: they're all they're already dead. They
1: just don't know it yet. Oh, yet, yeah. um, what was it? every man? Every man's got his devil.
0: The one that always like I and I I chant it in my head is fire it up,
1: fire, <laughs> like, it, up. fire it up, fire it up. And then you got bang or call call bang. Fuck them dead. <laughs> That was probably my favorite favorite scene in that because he is so low key as a villain, and then he just breaks character real quick.
2: Yeah, I I always liked that actor. He's he's also the sidekick to uh, Alan Rickman in the Robin Hood movie. Um, sure, he is. Yeah, I, I always liked him as a villain, um, but. he's, he's really good in that movie and his death scene is fucking insane too being thrown off the church and impaled on the statues um but yeah that's that's my number five if you haven't seen it definitely check it out
1: yeah it's visually stunning movie it's very worthy worthy um worthy um comic book adaptation
0: if you haven't seen it what have you done with your life (laughs)
1: go buy the soundtrack hell i've bought that soundtrack three times
0: i probably have too
2: (laughs) all right uh so moving on to my number four uh definitely is up there as like probably one of the greatest action movies of all time but die hard
0: um also one of the best christmas movies of all time
2: yes i I don't, I don't care what anyone says that's a goddamn christmas it's movie.
0: a fucking christmas movie it is <laughs> anyone says it's not is fucking wrong you know it, um
1: i'll agree with you guys I, for a while i was like no it's not a christmas film even bruce willis says it's not a christmas film
2: well fuck, fuck what it. bruce willis says <laughs> fuck it. he's Christ- wrong
0: it's a christmas movie
2: I think, I think what I love the most about the movie is, you know, obviously I'd I'd say all three of us were big Stallone and Schwarzenegger fans. But what I love about this movie is that uh, Bruce Willis was basically playing your every man guy. You know, he looks like a regular guy and like that whole movie He's not even trying to be the hero. Like, he's trying to get other police officers' attention to get involved. And, like, he's, you know, he's doing it because there's no one else, obviously. But it's not. he's not doing it because he wants to. He's doing it because he's the only one there. It's not like in the later sequels where John McClane is basically Superman. You know, uh, this one, you know, he's getting his ass kicked by the end of the movie. He's, he's pretty fucking beat up, you know? Um, I love the stuff where he's basically talking to himself throughout the movie. Um, I fucking love that scene where he jumps off the roof with the hose and it's like, what the fuck are you doing, John? (laughs) Right before he jumps off, (laughs) um great performances also by uh, Reginald Bell Johnson as uh the cop helping him on the outside yeah and uh, most people
1: yeah
2: I was about to say most <laughs> people probably know him as Carl Winslow but and he plays a cop in a lot of stuff but um
0: I always he, when I was a kid I was always like did this happen before family matters or was it like while family matters is going on and Carl just doesn't never talk about this.
1: Yeah, see in my mind that is Carl Winslow.
2: <laughs> it was me in too. World, those,
1: those, those two things happen in the same universe.
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah, That's yeah, the way he, I always he, saw it too. He, he, he was buying all those fucking snacks for Harriet. <laughs> and, um, Alan Rickman in his first movie, ever. Before that, he was most—he was just a stage actor. But holy shit, was he a great fucking villain!
0: Yeah, he was.
2: Yeah. Um, and it's it's crazy, you know. a Little trivia with the movie that Bruce Willis was the like eighth choice for that movie. <laughs> like they offered it to a lot of other people. Uh, supposedly it was originally. Of, uh, thought of as a sequel for Commando, but Arnold turned it down. And uh, apparently there, there's a movie from the 50s called The Detective, I want to say, that starred Frank Sinatra. And in that movie, he plays John McClane. So the producers of Die Hard were actually contractually obligated to offer Frank Sinatra the role of john mcclain (laughs) before diehard uh luckily enough for us he turned it down he said he was all he was too old for it i
0: couldn't even imagine that old ass frank sinatra like uh, (laughs) as john mcclain in that movie (laughs) yeah
2: but um yeah it was offered to stallone it was offered to richard Gere, harrison ford um a few other people Finally, they were like, "All right, fuck it. We, get, you know, nobody seems to want to do it. All right, get get Bruce Willis, I guess." <laughs> and uh, I want to say he wasn't paid that much for it because they weren't really expecting much. But um, yeah, like I said,
1: how many sequels they uh, do from it?
2: Five, uh, five so far. Um, There's another one I'd coming,
0: s- isn't there?
2: I'd say four of them are watchable. <laughs> i've only seen
0: three uh, i've seen them all and i think they're all watchable <laughs> I actually <laughs> I,
2: I i just don't like the fifth one that much but that's because i hate jay courtney <laughs> um i i
0: i've watched them all and i actually i i mean guess by the time we get to five it gets it, it it's no longer what Die Hard originally was but it's still like it's still watchable it's sort of like the uh if I had to compare it to something that's sort of like the Fast and the Furious movies, they're not what mm-hmm. they once were, but they're still good. <laughs> There's good good romp to get into. Oh, but, but I,
2: I, I'm waiting for the Fast and Furious where they race on the moon. I, I, I <laughs> honestly feel like we're like two movies away from that happening. <laughs> um, and remember, you heard it here first. <laughs> Um, so when it happens, I want to, I want you guys to remember, this. <laughs> um, no, um, I, I the fifth root. one, it has some, the fifth one has some cool moments, but I, it's not as good as the, as the other ones. Um, I like, I like the third one a lot with uh, Samuel L. Jackson as his, uh, partner. Um, and then... There's talks of another one. Uh, Rumor has it that they're talking about it being a prequel slash sequel um, with them introducing a younger McLean, played by a young, you know, obviously a younger actor as him as a rookie and having to deal with something he did as a rookie uh, affecting him in current day. Um, so that way you could kind of go back and forth with the younger version and Bruce Willis. Um, you know, uh, if they w- did go that route, they should maybe get Joseph Gordon-Levitt to play him again. Cause he actually didn't do a bad job in that one movie where he played younger.
0: Oh yeah. Looper. Bruce
2: Willis. Yeah. Like he mm. got all of, uh, Willis's mannerisms down.
0: Yeah. He did do a good job there. I agree. <clears throat>
2: But all right, moving on. Uh, my number three is uh, it, Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, you you get Steven Spielberg and George Lucas together at at the height of their power. To me, it's the greatest adventure movie of all time, man. It's uh, it's exciting. It's I've seen that movie probably at least 30, 40 times, I'll still be on the edge of my seat in that truck chase sequence.
1: And, and Nazis in it too, so.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, the sliding under the truck with the whip, the music, all that shit. Um, it's fucking great.
0: <laughs> Don't you, uh, like, <clears throat> Some I I'd he- I heard this once years ago. And then after I watched it again, like multiple times, I began to agree with it.
2: I, I, I think I know what you're going with. The, that
0: uh, there was Andy no point like, to, Andy had no point to be there. Like the Nazis would have lost no matter what.
2: <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so uh, the first time I heard this was actually on the Big Bang Theory. Um, in that show, Sheldon shows his girlfriend the movie. And she says, well, it's good, but Indiana Jones is pointless to the story (laughs) because if he hadn't gotten involved, they would have gotten the amulet, they would have found the Ark, and then they would have opened it and died anyway. Yep. (laughs) So... I, as a matter of fact they might have opened it in front of Hitler and could have taken care of it even
0: <laughs> that's true
2: so I don't think they would have
0: though I, I still think they would have opened it uh there because the one dude wanted to open it but uh, I,
2: I I hate it I hate it <laughs> when I first heard that and it somewhat ruins the movie <laughs> i mean it does ruin the fucking movie but yeah fuck whoever said that
0: i don't think it ruins the movie i don't know where i first heard it from but it was years ago i heard it and then i was like i watched it after that and i was like they're right like indy didn't need to do nothing they were gonna die no matter what the nazis were gonna lose no matter what so indy was just pointless in being there but uh i don't think it destroys the movie just because you even if you know that because <laughs> still it's a it's all of to me it's more about uh it's more like about the character of indy than it is about the what's actually going on in the movie uh, i think all the movie, all the indian uh, jones are like that they're all about him like just like his yeah. character and the things he's going to do
2: yeah what what is it he says is not about it's not the miles, or he has a line about it in there somewhere. But uh, the other thing with Indiana Jones too is uh, it kind of reminds me a lot of the Bruce Willis character. He's the everyman guy. He's not like yeah. he's not like two hundred pounds of muscle just beating the shit out of everybody.
1: <laughs> he <laughs> hates snakes too. Yeah. Um
2: yeah, he, he gets his ass kicked a lot in that movie, you know? That scene too on the plane tarmac where he's fighting that like seven foot Nazi guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's like and, one of my most memorable scenes of the movie is that fight on yeah, the plane.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's another one of those moments that has you on the edge of your seat and you're like, Holy shit, you know, like everything's blowing up around them. Um,
0: and those blades are always like going toward them you never know when they're gonna hit them
2: <laughs> yeah and then uh of course when you get like that other guy with a giant sword and he's like doing all those sword tricks then indy <laughs> just pulls out a gun and shoots him. <laughs> i always love that man
0: i had read that that wasn't originally in the movie that that was like a sort of an ad lib that they just added into it
2: yeah so harrison ford uh was suffering from really bad diarrhea cause, uh monasuma's revenge or whatever <laughs> he had drank some of the local water and you know he, if he tried anything he'd basically shit himself <laughs> so they had this whole fight sequence planned and he's like, yeah, I can't do that. He's like, what What if I just pull out my gun and shoot him? And Steelberg fucking loved it, and that's what they went with.
1: <laughs> you know, that's um, a second uh, instance of Harrison Ford just being totally unable to do the lines that were delivered to him, and he just comes up with something off the top of his head, and it sticks and it actually makes sense in a movie. The I mean, line, not like the – like the,
2: the one, uh, Wars. I love you. I know.
1: <laughs> well, that and, and the first Star Wars, um, when they're on the uh, the prison, uh, the prison level, and they're like, What's oh, going yeah. on up there? He's like, Uh, um, uh, nothing. Hello, um, how,
2: how are you? How are you? <laughs> yeah it was what what, totally, what what he'd
1: forgotten his lines he was hung over and could not remember a thing
2: what 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 i love about that moment is that when he says how are you like he himself realizes how bad it is that he cringes but they left it in Yep.
0: <laughs> uh, the uh well back to the raiders but that scene in raiders where he just shoots the guy I mean, that was like, like could you imagine that movie if that wasn't in there? That was like the iconic moment of Raiders. Like, oh, yeah. it made his character because it was like, we ain't got time for this shit. Just shoot the guy and let's go on. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: like, if he had had a full on fight, like, the whole character of Indy would have been different from that point on. But that made the character.
2: Yeah. Agreed. All right. So, uh, Moving on to my number two, and I'm actually currently wearing the shirt here, is uh, Ghostbusters, um, the, ori- the original Ghostbusters. Oh, uh, I thought you were gonna
0: say 2016 version. You
2: shut your <laughs> whore mouth, Rocky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't lie. I mean, uh, honestly, I, 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 before before we get into this, I'm gonna say I actually like the 2006. I mean, it's it's not it's definitely not as good as the original, but I still kind of like it.
2: It. <laughs> i'll agree with that statement i i don't think it's the worst fucking thing people made it seem like it was but i enjoyed it i thought i actually liked the opening with the ghosts at the beginning and um
0: you know the only thing i didn't like about the movie honestly is the cgi i thought the ghost looked too uh cartoony uh and I didn't like that. I thought they should have been a little bit more like realistic. I mean, they.
2: I did. I did like some of the gadgets that they used, like some of the updated gadgets. But um, yeah, no, the the original film. I mean, you got amazing performances with Dan Aykroyd, um, Bill Murray, Rick Moranis, Ernie Hudson as well, and uh, Harold Ramis. Who, I'll be honest, growing up watching that movie, you know, I think everyone gravitates towards Bill Murray because, you know, he's such an asshole and hilarious in that movie. But as I've grown up, I really appreciate the subtlety of Harold Ramis's Egon.
1: I was um, an Egon fan when I was a kid.
2: Yes, he, he is very hilarious without being too uh, – he's not really in your face in the movie uh except for the moment where he like you know almost punches a, a dickless <laughs> for uh releasing the ghost the scene
0: the scene where he comes out from under the desk uh <laughs> 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 you remember that yes that is always i always thought that scene was so funny, <laughs> and like I didn't like yeah i I mean even as a kid, I thought it was like i I knew it was funny, but as I got older, I'm like, that scene is really fucking good <laughs> i
2: was I was like the line of uh how he um where he says he wanted to drill a hole in his head, and it would have worked if they didn't stop him. <laughs> 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 um, and like I said just some of the s- small little subtleties like when they do the Ghostbusters commercial and he's like looking down to see where his mark is before he steps up to deliver his lines um, and the the movie in general like uh, Rick Moranis is I always thought Rick Moranis is underrated first of all But, yeah, uh, Rick Moranis is great. Um, That movie is a great combination of, like, comedy, action. Uh, There's a few set pieces that hold up pretty well for horror. Like when uh, Sigourney Weaver is attacked in her apartment and you see, like, the demon faces in the background of the doorway and the arms popping out of the couch like that stuff still holds up like a lot of the effects still do
1: the kitchen stuff too that was that was always crazy
2: where like the eggs blow up and stuff like that yeah so yeah they i think i they said that they put a grill under the counter to make that happen um and then yeah i mean uh, the the slimer sequence all that stuff is fucking great man um And like I said, it's uh, the the movie was written uh, by Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd. And Dan Aykroyd's always been a very big, like, ghost hunter type. So apparently, uh, like, a lot of the stuff you see in the movies is stuff that should actually be able to work in the real world if they ever decided (laughs) to make any of that stuff, you know?
0: I'd seen, though. I'd seen a interview with Dan Aykroyd and they were talking about, he was talking about like writing the movie. And he said, uh, he's, he mentioned that he was like, I. he goes, I me and my family is like really into like the paranormal. And he goes, so, uh, he goes, when I was writing the movie, he goes, I was writing it from my point of view. He goes, but then we had, uh, I had Harold Ramis helping me and he goes, he didn't believe in anything. (laughs) So so he was like, he was, he said he was my anchor on the film to keep me from going too far. (laughs) And he was like, it was a really good, it was a really good combination for the riding. So so I didn't go too far out there when I was riding the movie.
1: And the special effects still hold up really, really good. Yeah. The stuff with
2: uh, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, that stuff still looks fucking great.
1: And uh, what was it, the, gozer hound the Hellhound.
2: yeah the Hellhounds.
1: those things are still amazing looking
2: i i'll say whenever they're standing still it looks great whenever they're moving around it's kind of claymationist but um yeah you get a
0: lot of uh i don't i don't like it's the the model so much as it's the matting Madding yeah the matting around it like it makes it so you can see it but the models actually i think hold up it's just the the mat well i mean it was a different time like you a lot of like old movies you can see the matting in it
1: <laughs> if you look hard enough yeah and you know what yeah. for, you'll always
0: see it you'll always see it in other movies but at the time you probably didn't notice it because it was just the way it was <laughs>
1: soundtrack was yeah. in that movie too
2: yeah i mean the i mean the theme song i yeah. mean <laughs> ray, ray uh is it ray park yeah ray park yeah yeah he got sued by uh huey lewis because <laughs> he said it was too similar to uh <laughs> i want a new drug
0: did you know um, that uh john candy was originally supposed to be um uh, rick moran's role yeah
2: um, and uh eddie murphy was supposed to be ernie hudson and ernie hudson said that when he saw the script he saw the script that was intended for eddie murphy so once they offered him the role he took it because in the original script eddie murphy was there from the very beginning he was um he was supposed to be like a uh fighter pilot who was there from the very beginning he was the one that would help them test out their equipment and stuff like that so he was supposed to be like a former uh air force uh person and uh, ernie ernie hudson said that when he saw the script that character was like on page one of the script he said by by the time he got to filming his character didn't show up till like page 40. And uh, so he said. He always said he was a little disappointed, but Ernie Hudson is basically supposed to be the audience surrogate, so that when they explain stuff to him, they're explaining it to the audience. The audience. You know? Yeah. Um. But he he also has one of my favorite lines, or two of my favorite lines in that movie. The one is when uh, the secretary is asking him if he believes in the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, the paranormal, this and that. And his response is, uh, if there's a decent paycheck in it, I'll believe whatever you say. (laughs) And then, of course, when they're all in the mayor's office, and he's like, you know, I've seen shit that will turn you white. And, you know, it's a room full of white people. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's, uh, you know, if if you look up the movie, it's like on top 10, like comedy film lists everywhere. So, you know, kind of like with some of the other movies we've listed If you haven't seen it, what are you doing?
0: (laughs) Doing with your life.
2: All right. Uh, so moving on to my number one all time favorite movie and that's back to the future. Um I freaking love this movie. It's probably the movie I've seen more than any movie than any other movie. Um I've seen this movie in theaters every time it gets re-released. I think I've gone and seen it in theaters. Um when they re-released the trilogy in theaters, I went to go see all three movies in the theater. Um but This is a movie that is very funny. Great sci-fi. Anytime I think of time travel, I always like to kind of follow the Back to the Future rules of time travel. Um,
0: Which are horrible time travel rules to
2: follow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, It's a bit of a cheat, but uh, anytime I watch the, I watch Back to the Future. I watch the trilogy completely. As far as I'm concerned, it's one movie. Um, so if, if I'm gonna watch Back to the Future, I gotta block out six hours because I'm gonna watch all three. <laughs> um, to me, it's it's one full story. Uh, even though the sequels have a few plot holes in there. Um, you know, like the whole chicken thing um you know why does it bother him so much in the sequels, but not in the original <laughs> um, it's It's a movie I like a lot um you every time I watch it, I'll sometimes catch something I've never seen before um, and it's you know it, it's made by uh produced by spielberg made by robert zemeckis who directed a lot of stuff i i enjoyed as well um and you still see the influence of those characters uh you know you could basically say rick and morty are doc and marty uh nowadays
0: rick and morty um, are definitely doc and marty like, yeah, there's no,
2: based off of them <laughs> it's like yeah. there's
0: no denying that one
2: um but yeah, like I said, you know, out of all the movies I've listed, if you haven't seen Back to the Future, fucking go watch it. <laughs> the 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 entire trilogy is on Netflix right now. So you know, if you have Netflix, watch it. It's you won't be disappointed.
0: I I, I love Back to the Future, say like, I've watched it. A lot of times too. I don't know how many times I've seen it, but I've seen it a lot of times too. And uh, I, uh, there's so many good scenes. I think one of the best scenes in the movie though is just the opening scene of the whole movie where he goes into Doc's lab and like hooks up to that giant speaker <laughs> and it explodes and shoots him across the room.
2: <laughs> you know, they're, they're in that during that opening sequence when they're showing all the different clocks, One of the clocks actually shows the ending of the movie. There's a guy hanging off one of the clock towers uh, on one of the little mini clocks.
0: Really? I didn't know that.
2: (laughs) Um, You also see the plutonium box under uh, Doc's bed. Now that I did know. Uh, I did remember seeing that. Um, But yeah. uh, There's so many stuff on there like Doc When Marty shows the reveal of the Delorean is also a great scene. The first time you see the Delorean coming out of Doc's truck. Um, but when Marty walks up to the mall, you you notice the mall says Twin Pines Mall. And when single pond. yeah, when (laughs) when uh, Marty travels back to the past, he runs over one of the pines as he's trying to escape the uh, farmer. And when he comes back to 1985, it now says Lone Pine Mall. Um, and the performances by by Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox, but uh, Thomas F. Wilson is probably one of the greatest movie bullies <laughs> ever in any film. I mean, Biff Biff is so great. Um, performances by Crispin Glover and uh, Leah Thompson are also freaking great.
0: So, if so, what we're going to talk about uh, Back to the Future. We need to we need to at least mention this. So, what do you, what is your feelings about the Crispin Glover? Uh, well, this has to do with the sequel, but where they they basically kicked him out of the movie and then uh used somebody else and put his face over put christian glover's face over the other person to make it seem like he was still in the movie
2: <laughs> I, I thought you were actually gonna bring up something else but <laughs> um i mean he sued the studio
0: oh, it was like it's a major suit
2: <laughs> and he it was a successful lawsuit so After that happened, going forward, have you ever showed the likeness of any actor in a sequel or TV show or whatever you have to pay people for the likenesses? You got
0: to get get permission too. That was one of the big things. You have to get, get permission to do it or put it in the contract originally. And, uh, but he's like still pissed off to this day about that. And won't have anything to do with anything back to the future because of that which I think is pretty sad. Although I have heard him say a couple times that uh, um, he probably would do some stuff with Back to the Future again if it wasn't for the producer of the movie who still lies about everything to this day (laughs) anytime he does. Well, (laughs) the
2: the thing I thought you were going to bring up actually is – So after they filmed the first movie, I guess Chris Van Glover went up to uh, Zemeckis and was like, you know, I think you're sending the wrong message. Why, you know, Marty goes to the past and they're obviously, they're not like poor, but they're not wealthy either. And when Marty comes back to the present day, now they're all rich. And he gets his dream vehicle and all that, and Christian Glover tried to argue. Like you're basically saying, like to be happy, you had to have all this crap <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that. And I guess the Mac is just told him to shut the fuck up and get out of his office or whatever. <laughs> that he wasn't he wasn't gonna refilm the ending just because of how Christian Glover felt
0: which oh. i could agree with him on that <laughs> i do think that actually uh uh but it also it does it does give uh it does say that you know it's not just saying that he was they were happy because they had money it was saying that he was happy because he actually fulfilled his dream at the end when he became an author instead of like going off to do whatever i don't know what, what he he's supposed to be doing originally. <laughs>
2: What what do you guys think of the supposed plot hole that shouldn't Lorraine and George recognize him uh, uh, in nineteen eighty
0: five? No, I don't think that would. I don't think that would be. I don't think that's a plot hole because I don't think that they could. Uh, you they watched him grow up like his whole life so even though they had like seen him back then i mean they may they may and plus like once you haven't seen somebody for what 30 years or whatever
2: (laughs) and, and and that that's always that's been my argument like they only met him for one week 30 years ago like if i were to like think what did my you know i'm currently 36 so I were just be like, what did my first grade teacher look like? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> like,
0: is like 30 years is a long time. You may still remember what they sort of look like, but you're, there's no way you're going to be to pick them out like that.
3: So exactly I, always,
2: right. I always thought it was weird that people tried to argue that plot hole. I'm like, no, like you're not going to remember how <laughs> someone exactly <laughs> looked like
1: 30 years ago. Yeah. And plus they don't have any photos of them or anything.
2: Yeah. Well, that too.
0: Plus, like, if anything was going to happen with that, I would think it would be, you know, uh, his, uh, the dad being like, uh, did he come back? Is that his kid? <laughs> if he's, if anybody's going to remember, he'd be like, you're still fucking him, aren't you? <laughs> well, I guess uh, we'll move on to you, Roland.
1: Well, my number five. So this list was really arduous to put together. At first, I was like, eh, I'll knock it out in a few minutes because the top five movies that I would think of should be the first five movies that I should think of. But the more I thought about it, the harder it got. Um, So anyway, Star Trek to The Wrath of Khan. Um, One of the reasons I love this movie was this was actually one of the first – actually seen this one first before i seen motion picture so when you're looking at when you when you look at the two films at that time you had the motion picture which was i in my humble opinion tried way too much to be 2001 a space odyssey because <laughs> with all the dynamic shots and all this and it's like well you you cut over to Star Trek II. It was a much more concise film and it told a direct story. And it was an awesome story because it is basically a sequel to an episode from the original series. If you go back to the original 1960 series and watch Space Seed, that is where they introduce Khan and Kurt discovers him on a basically like a penal uh a penal ship brings him aboard the enterprise and all that he tries to take over the enterprise so he winds up putting khan on a untamed world him and his people uh just so those just for the people that don't know khan is a survivor of the eugenics war um that happened in the 1990s, according to Star Trek, um, where we basically engineered genetic super soldiers or genetic superhumans. So they put them on this planet and so on and so forth. SETI Alpha 5, I think, is, uh, was the planet. Well, it starts out with Chekov on a new ship who's doing a routine checkup of the system and they start going, they're, they're doing like some kind of a, you know a landing party. They're checking out the everything. They realize, boom, the Botany Bay. He discovers it, says the Botany Bay. Now, this is a direct correlation to the original show. The Botany Bay was Khan's original ship. So that's one of the reasons I, I have such a love for it is because it is tied into that original show so much and i'm going to talk about the end as well um spoiler alert how how old is this movie rocky like freaking what was it 1982 i think uh
0: yeah it's at least it's almost 40 years old i don't like
1: so i shouldn't be spoiler alert it's a 40 year old movie but anyways (laughs) spock dies at the end uh, and this was a really interesting scene because Leonard Nimoy was really interested to have a actual death scene. So that's, I mean, thought that was really cool. And yes, I have watched this movie since I was a kid. I fell in love with it. I love the, the, the uniforms, and everything. And at the end of that movie, every single time when him and Kirk are... Talking to each other, and Spock is dying from radiation poisoning. I still get a little choked up. I still do. Uh, it's,
0: it's it's a, I mean it's a, it's a great moment in movies, like when they have that they have, they have that scene together. Uh, uh, I I would have to say if I if I put it out there, I would say that that is the greatest single scene in all of Star Trek history.
1: I would totally agree. Um, Because of just seeing the acting between those two. And William Shatner is always panned as a horrible actor. He may not be the best, but during the scene where they're they're talking and and they're going back and forth, he does a really good job. Really good job there. At the uh, funeral where he does the – my friend, where he just purposely choked – he almost looks like he's choking up. I thought that was really good. I
2: I would go as far as to say that that's probably his best performance as Captain Kirk. Absolutely. Um, and just his interactions with uh, Khan, Ricardo Montalban is doing a great performance as well. Yeah. It, um, go
1: ahead. I, I loved their back and forth. And there are okay. so, like, and this is me just being a nerd. To me, there are so many great one liners in that. Um, just the screaming, God. <laughs> Everybody knows that. If, if it's in the Star Trek, they know exactly where it comes from. But Khan has, yeah. I think Khan is one of Star Trek's greatest villains. Um,
2: and he does the uh, revenge is a dish best served cold.
1: Does he do that in that one? I thought that was, yeah. And he does the whole setty, uh the 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 whole um, he tasks me and I shall have him." Yeah, and the whole Shakespeare. He, thing.
2: he I, I don't think any Star Trek villain ever came close to him either.
1: And what's really sad is uh, Ricardo Montalban didn't get any kind of award for playing Khan because back then, if you played a villain or a villainous role, you were automatically not, you were never nominated for a role. And to me, that was such a travesty because he does such a good damn job in that role.
2: He... I- Is it? I may be mistaken, but uh, him and Kirk never have a face-to-face confrontation in that movie, do they? It's always by
1: screen. Yeah, it is. It is actually by screen. They never, if I'm not mistaken, I think you're right. They never uh, actually...
2: Yeah, they're never in the same room together.
1: It's uh, always playing. It's like a big giant game of cat and mouse. And that's, Mm. that's something that's always interesting, too, about that film is the pacing of it. Uh, to modern day films, it is going to be paced as very slow.
2: but Not as I, slow as the first movie.
1: No, fuck no. <laughs> <sighs> what about... Uh,
0: so I got to mention this. So what about the uh, conspiracy theory that's went along with this movie for the past 40 years, saying that Ricardo Montalban's picks were fake?
1: plastic pecs
0: yeah that those weren't real like no one believed that was his real body like to this day there is like articles there was an article just a couple years ago in the new york times about uh micardo bontoban's pecs in that movie
1: (laughs) he was ripped in that
0: (laughs) he was i mean i i agree with people i i have thought at times i'm like that can't be real those, those have to be like they did something to make his chest look like that there's no way that that old man <laughs> has pecs like that
1: well i will say ricardo mondiba did take good care of himself
0: <laughs> he did it was they were like uh the director and everything was it's like i don't know where this came from or how this started but that was his body. It was not we did not do anything did right
1: we? And no, I i just really think that they that to me is the pinnacle of the original Trek films. It and six. Six was really I thought Six was a good send off film. Um but two two is always gonna have a special place in my heart. Um uh, I-
2: I I never liked how they killed off Kirk in Generations.
1: No, I I I still get pissy about that. He fell like ten feet, not even ten feet, yeah.
2: he fell like five they, feet. I've they the, yeah, they dropped the bridge on him. Basically, it's stupid. Right. G-
0: generations, I, I have to say, like I hated Generations when it first came out, and then I went back and I rewatched it, like as like forgetting about that scene like i'm just gonna be like i'm not gonna worry about that scene this time i'm just gonna watch it for the movie itself i'm like the movie is not that bad the movie is actually a halfway decent movie until you get to that scene and it just destroys the whole movie it's like (laughs) and it's not even like that they uh it's not even like they could have killed kirk in that movie
1: yeah
0: and it wouldn't have been a big deal as long as they would have done it a different way a more heroic way like if he would have died like saving picard that would have been like it would have, it would have that movie would be like 10 times better than what it is <laughs> because yeah, of that one thing a,
1: give him a decent death scene i mean jesus christ that character and the actor was the face of star trek for decades um and uh, I thought they'd done him, they did do him crap. Now, I don't know for what reason the studio went with the script that they went with, but there were multiple scripts for Generation. Leonard Nimoy actually wrote a script for uh, the studio for Generations. And for whatever reason, they decided not to go with that script. Uh, the script for Nimoy had written Involved the entire crew of the Enterprise, not just, not just uh, Kirk, but the actual at the end of it, the crew of the Enterprise E, or no, not E, um, would have been C, shows up, uh, was you know Spock and all of them, and they actually sacrifice themselves to make sure that the Enterprise D. Is safe and I, I thought that would have made a much better film and a better send-off um, than what we got so for my number four film now this one was a hard one because I actually had tied it up with another film um, and when I, I'm going to tell people what the two films are and which one I chose and most people will think I don't deserve to have any opinion on film after I tell them this. Um Donnie Brasco uh, was 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 on this, but the movie that knocked Donnie Brasco down Starship Troopers.
0: Fuck yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so for like just so everyone knows I was really big into film and Rocky will know this. I was big into film and throughout most of my childhood and in my early adult career and like high school, I was big into film and writing and things like that. And so a lot of the, a lot of these movies, I was like, eh, they're okay. They're fun, but you know, they're never, we're never going to really, they'll, they'll be here and gone. No one will ever talk
0: about it. Okay. I I have to interject here. Basically, this is what I'm. This is what Roland's saying, because I was this is as shit. He, he was a pretentious snob. It was like, oh, films. I was like, fuck you, Roland. These movies are great.
1: <laughs> I was, I was a pretentious little shit when it come to movies uh, when I was younger, uh, and since then, I would like to think that I am reformed and I know better. Um. Anyways, but Starship Troopers
2: is to to, to reiterate. It's okay to like a bad movie.
0: <laughs> That's the only movies I like. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs>
1: um, so yeah, Starship Troopers, amazing film. Uh nothing to do really with the Robert Highline novel. Um the movie doesn't, even have, Lo- the or- <laughs> doesn't even have the mix in
0: it. What that doesn't even have the mechs in it.
1: What they do later. And, and starship troopers
0: 3 yeah the shitty one like that was the, <laughs> that's the only thing i have to say uh that they left out that they should not have left out that is like that that would have made this movie over the top it was already fucking great but if you would have put mechs in this fucking movie <laughs> and had like giant fucking spiders versus giant mechs that would have made this movie 10 times better than it already was <laughs>
1: I cannot think of the actress's name. Uh, The actress that played Diz, the redhead. um, Oh, um, yeah. Crap. So we didn't get we didn't get Mex, but we did get her tits in this film. It was like the most blatant like scene in the in the movies, like where men men and women share locker rooms, basically. So it was so, just like, quick, we got to come up with a reason to put Tets in this movie. Which, which they do, and they
2: do that in RoboCop too. Correct. Um, oh, yeah. Can can I can I say that I am actually surprised that this isn't your number one film? Because <laughs> yeah. one, one one of the fir- one of the first times I met you, you were talking about this movie. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: I do love this film a lot, so that is why it is in my top five.
2: I mean, the the movie has a great cast, and uh, you know, Casper Van Dien, who's your like third-rate Van Damme. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he didn't really do a lot after this film either.
2: No, I mean. When Starship Troopers three's biggest claim is that they got him back for it, you know, um, I I can't really think of him in anything else. Mm-mm. But
1: um,
0: he's been he's been in a few other things, but it's nothing. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like uh, Starship Troopers.
1: And then there's Denise Richards. She's also in it, and she'll be. She was in fucking everything in the nineties
2: yeah I think this, I think everyone I think everyone remembers her in wild things
1: yeah and I'm gonna say this this movie in my opinion is perfect for her because that girl cannot act <laughs> so this movie is perfect for um
2: re- re- remember when she was like supposed to be the super scientist in one of the James Bond movies
1: yeah oh <laughs> um, the 90s
2: yeah you're just so uh, Gary Busey Jr. or whatever yep. his name Jake is. Jake John- Busey. J- Jake Busey. Yeah, he's. Put in your it hand t- on that wall.
0: I have to it say all- that is that that is my favorite combo in this that movie. Clancy Brown and uh, Jake Busey. <laughs> yep.
1: Oh no! Well, we? Clancy Brown was uh, great in that because when I um, when I went into the theater and see I was like, oh, it's the Kurgan. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, Cl- Clancy Brown is a great Lex Luthor in the uh, Superman animated
1: series. He plays a great villain in um, Carnival, the HBO series. Mm-hmm. God, he plays um, a great villain in that.
2: You know, Jake Busey; he's a he's the bad guy in one of my fi- in one of the films that I think is very underrated. is The Frighteners with oh, Michael where he's basically he well you think it's like he's the grim reaper at first but he's he's really good in that
1: yeah um that movie is so much just a literal 90, like what is, like 90 minute 120 minute commercial of propaganda <laughs> that's all it is
2: would you like okay. to know more yeah, can I, can I say that uh, the special effects actually still hold up? Yeah, they're not bad.
1: Yeah, they they done a really good job with the CGI in the in that uh in that movie.
0: Well, I think I think what the big deal with that was they they mix so much practical effects in with it with the CGI yeah. that uh, that they have almost always have practical effects in the foreground and the cgi in the background so it works out really well so that they're not like uh, you know like because if they would put the cgi in the foreground at this time it would not it would not have held up <laughs> but like putting the two together like worked out really well
1: even this uh, even the ship um, the interstellar ship uh, scenes look really good the outer space scenes look great um, even the pulling the big giant brain bug that thing still looks, con, you know, convincing. Uh, unlike, unlike Starship Troopers three, the CGI <laughs> did not.
0: Oh, it looks horrible in part three. I like. <laughs> I cannot believe how bad it actually looks. I mean,
1: There's Ironside in it.
2: I I love Michael Ironside, even though he basically played the same character in every
1: single movie. Well, he does, and he does it well. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean
0: we gotta talk about uh I mean there is one person that came out of this movie that's almost an A lister now. I mean Neil Patrick Harris. Harris. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we Fuck have any,
2: fucking Doogie Hauser. Doogie
0: Hauser MD. Like that's all he was at this point. This By the end out. of the
1: movie he looks like he's Doogie Hauser Gustavo <laughs> Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Heil Doogie. <laughs> yeah and the commercials that break up the movie are so freaking amazing they 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 are great well uh, it it's like the Robocop
2: commercials, which that's why I, I said during our pregame game that it's almost a spiritual successor like it might take place in the same universe as Robocop I mean, both <laughs> films $1. both films were. Directed by Paul Verhoeven, so
0: yeah. The uh, the one the one that sticks out to me uh, of the commercials in the movie is the uh, one.
1: Let me let me guess. It's either the lady, just it's applauding. It's the lady, yeah. Okay, just like <laughs> the... maniacally laughing and clapping as the kids are stomping on
0: stomping bugs. on the bugs, and she's like. <laughs> That is like I'm like that woman is fucking utterly crazy.
1: <laughs> there's uh, the other one. Um, one of them is where the they're going through the wreckage and the dude's got. a I think it was a dead dog or something. He's like, oh my good bug.
0: It's yeah.
1: Dead bug.
0: Yeah. And there's a dead dog in the background. I, yeah.
1: <laughs> and then there. But my favorite one is where the Marines are talking to the children, and they're like. Oh, this is an M30 Marita. This this gun is you know shoots all of this. And he's like, oh, who wants to shoot it? And the kids are pulling <laughs> on a gun, and there's another soldier there with a handful of bullets. Just <laughs> kids are grabbing bullets and everything. I'm like, it's freaking hilarious. Now,
2: I can't remember if this was a commercial or not, but where they like show a cow getting mutilated. Yes, by yes, one that's, that's one of the commercials. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. And it's like when they censor it. I yep. put the censor yeah. bar in front of it.
1: <laughs> well, letting yeah. you know that a, uh, what was it? Your run right of the mill arachnid warrior is, after having his limbs blown off, is still 87% effective. <laughs> <laughs> freaking mutilating a cow. Yeah. But yeah, I love this movie. I can watch this movie from freaking all the time start to finish doesn't matter when if it's on tv i'm watching it um i have i've had this movie like two or three times on dvd um it's always on a plex server and one of the loves i have for it is i used to play a lot of starcraft and this move this game would always get me in the mindset to just sit and just sit at a land party and play Star all day. So my number three um, is a John Carpenter film. It is not a big budget John Carpenter film. So when I was a kid, I seen this movie when I was really young and it always stuck in my head and I could never figure out what it was until I got into my later adult years into my 20s. And I was like, that's what film that was. And it was called they live as main guy, uh, Roddy Roddy Rowdy Roddy Piper is the main protagonist. As John Doe, he does not have an actual name in the movie. Um, one of the big he's, things that a lot go ahead,
2: Renee. Oh, uh, I was gonna say he's badass enough, he doesn't need a name.
1: Yep. <laughs> There is there's something to be said about the just the, um, just the aura of that film, just the setting of it. It's it's a 1980s dystopian kind of film. There's no people are unemployed everywhere. You know, homeless. Um, this guy is actually literally hopping trains town to town to try to find work. Uh, start. He comes into town. and He starts working on it as a construction worker. Uh, starts hanging, and then is introduced to the other character we all know and love, Keith David. Are they smiling? Yep, <laughs> Keith David. So, him and Keith David meet up, and they Keith David takes him to this basically as a homeless a homeless village. It's just basically a bunch of people. Uh, living in a field in a little ramshackle shantytown made of tarps, whatever. The, here's the weird thing, and I still wonder about this today. Where were they running extension cords to? Because they're out in a plot, uh, like a field outside of Los Angeles. And they're watching television outside. They have a TV plugged up outside. Where are they running? Are they running extension cables to the church that's across the street?
2: Light
0: poles so
1: so all lot
0: poles in all cities have like uh places you can plug in usually have to cut the the locks on them but they all have so them.
2: so in a movie with <laughs> in a movie with aliens that's your biggest question
1: that's my <laughs> biggest question <laughs> um, how are they watching tv
0: <laughs> i just want i just want to say just, keith david and rowdy Roddy popper have the best spot scene of any movie that's ever been filmed
2: in the history of movies in I that do. movie and, <laughs> and it's, it's like 10 minutes of them yes. beating the shit out of each other it is
1: literal 10 minutes and it is still to date holds the guinness book of world records for longest fight scene and
2: a fight. Uh, did you guys ever see that south park recreated that fight no. scene <laughs> with with uh timmy and jimmy beating the shit out of each other oh god and they recreated it shot for shot
0: shot for shot
2: <laughs> yes
0: that scene so, is like like when i watch that movie every time i watch it i'm like this it, it feels it feels like a real fight because you know a lot of time in movies when you watch fight scenes they feel like you know they don't they don't feel like you're watching a fight when you watch that movie you feel like every punch is like they're fucking each other up <laughs> <laughs> you feel it I'm like that was the best shot fight scene of all time
2: <laughs> I think I think the other thing most people will remember is one of the one liners that uh, Roddy Piper delivers oh yeah uh, he's here to chew gum and ah, kick I'm ass here to do two
1: things chew gum or I'm here to do Maybe. two things chew bubble gum and kick ass
2: and i'm all out I'm of, of bubblegum bubble
1: which
0: and, most uh, people probably remember that from duke nukem now because duke nukem right. stole it
2: <laughs> so so it's a little bit of trivia with that apparently piper would keep a little notepad with him where he would write out insults yep that he would sometimes think of you know for wrestling promos and stuff like that And I guess John Carpenter having to look over and saw that line.
1: And loved him.
2: Written on the notepad and just fucking loved it and said, we need this line in this movie.
1: Yeah, he let him go wild. He let him go wild with it. And um, every time he would put the sunglasses on and see one of the aliens, he'd be like, you know, he'd just go off on some weird tangent, like, look at this crater face or whatever you know it just some ungodly insult um and the that you know going back and looking at him like he walks straight into a bank in this film and just fucking blows people's brains out <laughs> like well, that's yeah where he just turns around shoots a dude in the head and it's like bam hits the wall behind it and i'm like
2: would you would wow. you guys say would you guys say Roddy Piper is the best uh, wrestler slash actor? One of.
0: Um, uh, I don't know about... H- H- Hogan,
1: Hogan is trash. <laughs> Hogan is hot garbage.
0: I would say that Rock is the best actor. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. like He's the best actor of the... But, uh ratty hopper's performance in they live is great he's he's definitely a great he was definitely a great actor
1: if you guys have not seen that film please go see it you i i don't think you will be uh let down i think it is a wonderful commentary on how our society actually is still to this very day this film was shot in the early 80s and i think still still is very valid today
0: what, what yeah, okay so I, what do you guys think about the fact so you know this movie was originally written for kurt russell because john carpenter only put kurt russell in his movies for like 15 years or something right uh uh but i mean i watched this i watched this movie originally uh you know back when i was a kid and i watched it because roddy popper was in it so. and, <laughs> and i can't imagine it being kurt Russell. <laughs> Although I think the movie might have actually been more remembered if it was Kurt Russell than Roddy Popper, actually. Because <laughs> it's sort of gotten forgotten over the years by a lot of people.
2: Yeah. The, the, the the first time I ever watched the movie, I would say it was like at 2 in the morning on you know WGN or some shit. Um, But honestly, I always remember going to the video store and seeing the, the box cover yeah. for it. So the box cover has Piper on it with the shades like right beneath you know he's you see his eyes and you see the alien reflected on the shades. Yeah. I always thought it was such a cool uh, box
1: cover. Yeah I, I love that movie from just start to finish. Um, it it yeah. says a lot about our society as a whole. Got the poster on the wall behind me. Wow. <laughs> you do. I do. <laughs> and I think it actually, like I said, I think it's a great social commentary, even to this very day, on how our social, um, just how social standings in the world are, and especially in America.
2: Um, I my the scene I always remember is when. He wears the shades that show him the truth.
1: Oh yeah. When it's like, all the advertisements and
2: Yeah, the advertisements. But Got the it. one that always stuck out to me is when he sees a guy holding cash and the cash reads, This is your God. This is your God. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and it's still true.
1: Yeah. Um like they're showing one It's like it's always either consume um Breed, obey obey um and so it's very very much that a you know subliminal authoritative messaging that's that's i personally think that yeah this is me being a little bit of a crackpot but i think there's a little something to some of that <laughs> in, commer- in our commercialistic society well
0: to me when he looked through the glasses uh I, i'm sure you guys have seen it and already read the books either one but 1984 yeah remember how it was they had like poster boards like that in there and basically just said obey and stuff so it was always like he would like put the glasses on and it was like 1984 when the glasses were on
1: <laughs> yeah and he, he would actually see it's supposed to be showing you the truth those glasses are yep um make foster well, that, so in that film too
2: that's that's why him and uh Keith David get into the fight because he yeah, refuses to put on the glasses.
1: Yeah, Keith refuses to refuses to see the world for what the truth is, and Roddy Piper's like, "No, you're my friend. I'm going to force you to see the truth." <laughs> and they just get into that ten minute uh, fight. Fun note about that fight: there is a scene where Roddy Piper busts the back window out of a car, and Keith David looks over and goes, "Hey." And it flashes over to Piper's face and he almost cracks. It looks like he's about ready to crack up laughing because that's Keith David's car. And, he, and that was an actual, that was not scripted at all. <laughs>
2: you know, the, he actually
1: broke his car window out.
2: The the crazy thing with that movie is that movie's only like 80 minutes and it has a fight scene in it that lasts like 15
1: minutes. <laughs> Yep, ten minutes. I think it's five or ten minutes straight. Just and it's just brutal. It's just like punching, like and those were there were no stunt doubles. him and Keith David actually did do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've I've heard stories that they actually did connect a couple of times on accident. Um, but yeah, that 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 is literally one of my favorite films. That that almost was my number one favorite movie. Um. I've bought that movie multiple times digitally. I never owned an actual hard copy of it though. I've had to buy it digitally every time I bought it. Um, but yeah, it's I've seen it when I was little on like HBO or um, what was it, Cinemax, when they would do the free weekends back in the 80s. I see, I've seen it there and it just kind of stuck with me. And then as an adult, I finally was able to see it again which actually speaking of HBO is going to tie me into my number two film because I seen it when I was a little kid and I was like, Oh, this is kind of, this is kind of possibly scary. I was a, I was also a a little bit of a chicken shit as a child too, (laughs) when it would come to some movies, but the predator, one of my favorite absolute films. Um, I remember as a kid seeing the scene where Jesse or um, where they're um, just mowing the jungle down. And I was like, whoa, what is this? So anyways, Arnold Schwarzenegger, probably I had to actually take a lot of um, a lot of his movies off my list because I... Instantly, which is like, I was like, well, 90% of this list is all on Schwarzenegger films. So I had to tie it down to to, to a few. So The Predator, uh, my my number two. Um, Like I said earlier, Jean-Claude Van Damme was supposed to be The Predator. Wound up backing out. Um, For those of you that don't know and have only seen either Predator versus Aliens or The Predator, or predators go watch the original one the original one is so much better than any of the other predecessors and the visual effects in my opinion still stand up to this very day they they look amazing and to me it's the, the 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 feel of the film is man versus the unknown um yeah,
2: I, I i love this movie um it was one of my honorable mentions uh this movie's rated m for manly <laughs> yes uh they they think the expendables, but in the eighties you know
1: but um, fucking alien
2: yeah um if there was one thing I could change about the movie one it's very tiny but I would have started the movie, uh, I would have cut out like the f- first minute of the movie where they showed a ship landing on a uh, flying Absolutely, Earth.
1: Yes, I would have totally I think, cut that
2: whole thing. I think they should have kept that part of, you know...
1: As a secret. Secret,
2: yeah. That way you didn't know what was going on. But the fact that they spoil that you see an alien, it kind of spoils a lot of it. So, like, if if you're sh- you're showing this movie to someone that's maybe never seen it before, maybe skip that first minute.
1: I will tell if, you. Every time I watched this film as a as a young adult, I never caught that first part. So the first time I ever watched it, I, I was about. It, they had just gotten to the scene where they were. Uh, getting ready to get onto the helicopter so i caught it like just about two minutes in every single time
2: are you, are you talking about the long tall sally yes yeah.
1: um jesse ventura is in this film another another wrestler in a movie uh and he is great in this film
2: and he doesn't have time to bleed
1: no um see I think here's a fun little tidbit for you as well three of these actors went to be governors you had Schwarzenegger you had Ventura and you had Billy the Native American guy also he had bodyguards uh, the actor who played Billy uh, had bodyguards on the set with him at all times and not for anyone not to protect him To protect Protect everyone else from him, yeah. (laughs) Because apparently
2: he 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 had a reputation.
1: He had a really bad one, yeah. Um, there are just so many great scenes in this, like, like, like you said, this, this motherfucker is rated M for manly, because you got a dude by the end of this film. It is mono e mono. This alien has picked off this special elite team. It took out Carl Weathers like in 10 minutes. All right. <laughs> so it, it just straight up took him down. Um, Carl, Carl
2: Weathers had a bad year. First, he got killed by uh, Drago and then Predator.
1: <laughs> yeah. Then um, we got uh, it. Um, I cannot think of the guy's name. I remember him from War of the Worlds, the TV show. He was uh, Chavez, I think was his last name. Mm.
2: I don't remember the actor's name, but I know which character. He's the one that uh, one of the traps like breaks his ribs or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it fucks his legs up, and he, they can't pack him.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, like I was saying, it, it's a great movie. Um, I love that up to this point. Arnold Schwarzenegger's been like the most baddest motherfucker in any movie he's been. Like yeah, he's absolutely. unstoppable. Nothing's nothing's gotten you know. And all of a sudden, you have a seven-foot alien that hovers over him that is beating his ass.
1: Yeah, it's beating him like it's st- like. Oh, it, it was like bad he realizes really quick guess what i can't fight this thing
2: and speaking of montages from earlier this one has a great montage when he's setting up all the traps in the jungle yeah and, he's and just like, at the end
1: and he covers
2: himself yeah he, co- you know. he covers himself in mud yep and then he just does that fucking scream
1: uh, yeah he to he, get he,
2: the predators attention
1: yeah so everyone knows the, he realizes really quick that the predator is seeing via heat vision. Uh, because he gets into a tussle with it, falls into a, a like a big like lake, crawls up on land or the beach. Realizes he's covered in mud. The predator can't see him. So then he's like, "All right, so that's how I, that's how I kill this motherfucker. It can bleed. I can kill it." Which is one of the greatest lines from that movie. If it bleeds, yeah. we can kill it so uh, the huge I, yeah
2: I I also love the reveal of the Predator the first time Ace. yeah yes when he one. starts taking off the pieces off of his mask yeah that first look at, at the Predator is fucking amazing and, and, and of course Arnold
1: screams at him
2: yeah Arnold's just like you are one
1: ugly, ugly motherfucker yeah <laughs>
2: Can I say I love your, uh, Arnold?
1: What <laughs> <laughs> <role>. ugly motherfucker.
2: <laughs> you know, another, I'm going to say another, I'm surprised that's not your number one movie because I know I mentioned Starship Troopers already, but the fact that also one of the first times I met you, you would say my my last name, and be like you son of a bitch, and then we. <laughs> oh
3: yeah, we, we, we would do the
2: we would do the manliest handshake scene <laughs> in movie history. Uh, <clears throat> we 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 used to have a coworker whose last name was Dylan, Dylan. Dylan which happens yeah, who happens to be Carl Weathers' last name in that movie. Dylan. So, Roland would occasionally come into work and say Dylan
1: you son of a bitch um but now this this movie is just so good there but yeah like i said long and story short it is an amazing montage there of that guttural just fucking him just going straight primal he's like all right this is how i gotta do it and the fucking predator just cheats Fucking <laughs> just cheats at the end. is like, fuck you. I'm setting off a nuke.
2: <laughs> that blows. That blows up like half
1: the jungle. Half the fucking jungle gets eight <laughs> And somehow Arnie survived. Of course he did.
0: Because he's Arnie.
1: Because he's fucking Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> or in Wait, this, it, it would take two nuclear explosions <laughs> to take him out.
0: So fun story. You uh, have to shove uh, him down his throat.
1: <laughs> the character's name is Dutch, and he has been set to be. He was a post, from what I had heard. He was supposed to be written in. I think it was um, Predators as Lawrence Fishburne's character, or he was not Lawrence Fishburne's character, but he was supposed to be written into a part scene of Predators, where, toward the end, I guess he's supposed to show up. But since they couldn't get Arnold to do it, they had to kind of fluff it out. So they created one's fish front character for Predators. Also, Arnold was in talks to go uh, to be on the movie, The Predator, or I think that was the last one's called The Predator. He was supposed to be in that one, but he didn't like the script. So he turned it down as well. So don't know if we're ever going to see Dutch in another Predator film. Although that would make so many fanboys happy, including myself, but I don't know if I'll ever see it.
0: Uh, the uh, the Predators, I actually like that one. Um, uh, uh, and I have to say, like that movie would have been so much better if they would have pulled that scene off where they had Dutch show up at the end to save them.
1: Oh, uh, uh, when they're on the Predators, where they're on the home, uh, the alien homeworld.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because the original scene was he was going to show up and like take him off on the ship, and uh, but that didn't happen. But that would have been that would have been such a great ending to that movie. <laughs> yep.
2: I, I I didn't mind that one either. Um, the second one has its moments.
1: Um, now the second one is I, good.
2: Yeah. Um, what's is it? Bill Paxton in the second one. Yes. Okay. Little, little known fact or trivia. Bill Paxton is the only actor to be killed by a Terminator, a Xenomorph, and a Predator.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep.
1: Game over, man. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's he's the guy that gets uh, the Terminator arm shoved through his stomach at the beginning of the first Terminator.
1: Which, uh, uh, Alien should be on, on, on someone's honorable mention list. Um, but now to my first one. So my number one film. Uh, I have watched this movie since I was a kid. I've watched it many times on TBS edited, but then as an adult, it blew my mind when I seen it unedited because. The gore and the blood effects in it, where I was just like, oh my God, Conan the Barbarian. So, of course, it's an Arnold film, but this movie I can watch a million times and just never get bored of it. I mean, it's got great actors, and it. it's got Arnold, it's got Max von Sydow, it's got James Earl. Jones is the main villain and James Earl Jones does an amazing job in this film.
0: James Earl Jones the character in this movie
1: set
0: is like the way he looks I don't know, there's something about the way he looks in this movie that is just fucking creepy like <laughs> the way his hair is and the way he holds his face everything about him is like he looks like he would probably molest children. <laughs> <Are you talking laughs>
3: about the, uh... That's
0: what I always... I was, even watching as a kid, I was like, that's a child molester.
1: <laughs> well, he did have the child sleep.
2: <laughs> Arnold, I remember the first time i seen that movie. And, you know, up to that point, you know, I'd seen Arnold and, like, Terminator and stuff like that. And you think he looks like a fucking brick house in Terminator? He's fucking tiny compared to the way he looks as Conan. He is like a Co- big Conan. Yeah, Co- Conan will shit out
1: the Terminator. <laughs> yeah. Um, I cannot think of the guys' names, but I think they called him um, Fulgrim, or. It was that Thulsa Doom's two dudes that he had running with him all the time. Those guys were uh, bodybuilders.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: And he made he made them look tiny. He made them look extremely small. Yes, it's a bobble cat, bud. Um, so there there was that and James so you're talking like when you were talking about James Earl Jones the way he looks so creepy were you talking about the first scene in the movie where uh no
0: no no, his first scene he looks kind of badass it's the scenes later on where you see him like in the temple that's when he looks creepy <laughs> that's when he looks like a child molester <laughs> the first scene uh actually the first scene when he takes off like the helmet and uh that scene he's he's kind of badass looking but his like character evolves to i guess they try to make him more snake-like as he goes along is when he starts transforming and everything uh even when he's not like in the transformation but uh yeah it just makes him look creepy like <laughs> Which I mean, that's not a bad thing because you know you fucking hate him in that movie.
2: <laughs> I also I also like the Namiko uh, performance in there. Um, he's a little uh, like I get not really sidekick, I guess, but he's like with him throughout the movie.
1: The sorcerer, yes, yeah, he, he he's cool. There was the I love the set work in that film. It was so realistic look of that, and I think all that in Spain, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, um, was it? Is this the one that also has, Andre the Giant, and Wilt Chamberlain in it, or is that the second one?
1: Oh no, that was the second one. That okay. that thing was a fucking turd in the punch. That thing needs to be set on fire. <laughs> I fucking did not like that one. Mainly because I didn't like how they portrayed Conan in that one. In this one, the first one, you get to see him as a child being raised up as a slave. And it's like very Nietzschean almost the the movie is. Um, you know, he, he sets himself free. Um he wins all the matches in the slave pits till he is, you know, his master you know, the people that own him set him free. Um at that point, during the time where he's in the slave, he's he's learned, he is taught how to read, he is taught how he taught he is taught philosophy, he's taught how to write. Um and then in the second movie, they totally forget all that. They totally don't talk about him being able knowing any philosophy or knowing to read or write so they just make him really dumb in the second one but I I thought the first one was just pound-for-pound amazing
2: I never watched the Jason Momoa one either Uh, was did you guys ever watch that one was it any good
0: it is good it's uh, it's actually more like the books than the uh, then Conan the Barbarian was but I think that we're so ingrained with Arnold being uh, Conan and the way that movie was that watching the Jason Momoa one just doesn't hold up like even though it was like more in line with the books it just doesn't hold up between when you're going to compare it against the Arnold version
1: (laughs) I will agree with that Uh, uh, Momoa's is is more true to Howard's work I think uh, Robert e. Howard's work than what Schwarzenegger's was. Schwarzenegger, the Schwarzenegger film kind of took Conan and built it into its own thing.
2: Oh, I was gonna say, I know there's been talks of a third one with Arnold coming back.
1: Yeah,
0: it's called the. It has a title. It's called the Legend of Conan, and uh, it's been announced, but they've never like did any pre-production or anything or casting on it yet. So I don't know if it actually happened or not.
1: Yeah, well, the way 2020 is going, I I don't think it's gonna happen because I I I think Satan will be trying to relight the pilot down downstairs for before, uh, before that movie gets uh, any kind of a go ahead <laughs> on it.
2: I've um, never I've never heard it described that way, but it's clever. <laughs>
1: But yeah, I, I I love that film, uh, and I, I think it's very it's very interesting to watch the movie, um, especially at the end when he uh, when he kills Thulsa Doom. He kind of depending on which edit there's an edit where he actually takes the princess and they leave together. Um, but there's another one where he after he's cut Thulsa Doom's head off. And all he's disbanded the entire cult and he set the place on fire. He's just sitting on the steps just kind of like, well, this was my purpose. This is what I, my whole life has built up to now. What uh, I kind of, I kind of like that whole thing where it's just like, he's debating on where to go from there. Now that that chapter is done in his life, the world's open to him. There was so there was a great, uh, The Riddle of Steel. That was a a great, that was an underlying thing that they kind of didn't, they kind of didn't go a whole lot of places with in that film, I don't think. But I can go on and on about this. (laughs) Anyways, I'm rambling now. But Conan the Barbarian, if you want to see an amazing fucking Arnold film with swords, sorcery, and just... Early like as this is like eighty one or eighty two when this movie was made, so it has that really like kind of low. It's not high fantasy. It's really low gritty fantasy. This movie, if you if you're in, this movie should be definitely on your watch list. And he punches a fucking camel too. <laughs> yeah. So how can you not like that?
0: Well, this movie, Conan's the movie that made Arnold. Like it was his, uh, it was his first real big movie that did something. I mean, I guess you could count Hercules in New York as his first real big movie, but <laughs> that's uh, kind of a shit pile there. So, <laughs> but uh, Conan is the first big movie, and it is the movie that made Arnold after that he became a superstar like in the movies that followed was just him becoming more of a more of a, a the action star <laughs> i know like stallone is like was right along there during those times too but uh in my mind stallone is still second and always will be uh to arnold yep. like he arnold is the action star and stallone is the second guy <laughs>
1: to total, I totally agree with those, but yeah, so arnie got two of my five he was gonna get three three possibly four, but I had to cut at least two of <laughs> them.
0: you didn't have to they were your movies you could have put them in there well, with that, I guess uh we're done with this week's cast uh that's our top five favorite movies uh independently of each other one it's like one of the first time we've done these lists that really aren't our entire lists were completely separate (laughs) we didn't have one that were the same on anybody's list although uh there isn't a movie on any of these lists that wouldn't be in my honorable mentions if i had to guess they talk about them
1: (laughs) absolutely
2: yeah i'll i'll say for anyone, if anyone listening, if you haven't seen any of these, I mean, go, you know, go on Netflix or wh- whatever you need to go on, and watch them.
0: Well, for this week, guys, we're out. We'll see you later.
1: See you. Take care.